and welcome to the Hope Hotline. Thank you so much for joining in today. I have a very special guest with me. I'm super excited. Like, I've been so excited about this month coming up. I'm not kidding you. She came to my, um, I think I asked you at the ladies' conference, right? So she came to my ladies' conference, and I don't know, for some reason, I just was like, you need to be on my podcast because she's, like, first of all, you're a walking miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you're a walking miracle, but there's so much faith and hope to your stories that you have. Uh, I just learned one while we were at lunch. <laughs> you're going to tell it. Like, for all you OCD weirdo wackos about food and when I say that, there's balance to everything. But people are OCD, like, about not just food, just nope. about cleaning and, like, your story is going to make people free. Because it's as quickly as turning off the faucet and not being like that anymore. Yeah. And you can actually be like that. People will, no, you can't. It's not possible. Once you hear the story, you're going to be like, dear Lord, you were, that was without a deliverance, uh, an exorcism or anything on, uh, that happened. You just actually just said, yeah. it's going to be like this. So I'm going to make her tell the story. But uh, just great stuff. It, 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 anybody who's a business owner or trying to start a business, I'm just telling you, she's a wealth of hope and faith and goals. And do you know what I'm saying? Thank like, you. been in ministry as a pastor, but has a business. Like, the whole spectrum today, tune in. Don't turn this off because I'm not going to be answering questions because this probably this podcast is going to be far superior to answering any questions that I could have answered today. So, okay, this is Christy Delgado, who I love. She's, uh, she's in the River Sphere. Yes. This is what Tom, Tom and I always say. This <laughs> is one of the people that we've been blessed to get to know just through Pastor Rodney and the group. Now, you actually work for Pastor Rodney. You went to, to the River School. I did. You worked for him. How, how, how long did you work for him? I went to Bible school in 2005 to 2007. So that was two years I was in school. Then I, uh, he started the Great Awakening Tours where he traveled around the United States. And um, I probably served for about a year. But I was, you know, and then I became, you know, on their kind of like uh, contracted staff you know, for the other two years on the road. And so I, um, we would, <clears throat> we'd go around the U.S. We would teach people how to win souls at that church. Every night pastor had a um, service where he filled the, filled the congregation up with a fire. Then they would come out the next day to win souls. And so we would teach them how to win souls and then go out on the streets in their local area to go and just, you know, win the lost. Win the lost. Yeah. You can do it. It's that easy. So I did that for about three, three years in total. And, um, and yeah, it was just such an honor and blessing and just really, really a great opportunity. If you don't go to it, we, we do soul winning here at our church. So we have a guy who heads it up who actually was trained by a couple people at the river. But um, soul winning is huge. So if you're not doing that, that's kingdom business. Right. That, that we're to win the lost and disciple believers. That's the point of everything. That's what uh, Jesus said. That's what John the Baptist Everybody uh, that was somebody, that's what they did. That's what Paul was. He's the biggest soul winner out there. So that's our job first and foremost. So then you meet your husband, which is, we don't have time for that story, but it's pretty good. <laughs> I will just tell you. I love that story. You meet your husband. Yes. You start a family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see a picture of her family. 
That's a good-looking family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us about each one of those beautiful people. Okay, my oldest is Gabby. She's 10. She'll be 11 in December. My son is Luca. He'll be 7 in also December. We have three December birthdays. I'm also in December. Oh, my, my son's in December. What's, oh. what's your birthday? I'm the 16th. Tommy's 17. Okay. Then Gabby, the oldest, she's the 29th. Oh, my goodness. And okay. then Luca, his birthday's on the 7th. So oh, we're anniversary. Oh, fun. It's a great day. Yeah, it and is a great so, day. Uh, they live in infamy. Yeah, and then my youngest, Kelly, she was born. Actually, the message pastor preaches the, the day of the heaps. It was that day she was born. So no even way. more to that story, you know. Oh, she was my. born on that day he preached that message. Oh, my gosh. So she's, she's our, you know, harvest of heaps just mm. in the beginning. Okay, so what I want you to do is look at these little faces. Obviously, that's her husband, Miguel. Yes. Great guy. Like, listen... I I remember hearing him preach for the first time when Pastor Rodney called him up, I think it was last year, right after you guys been called and been, you know, uh, that put was under. the night we were ordained. Was that the night you were ordained? Okay, see, I knew I either watched it or mm -hmm. on TV or I was there. So listen, he gets up. I never heard him preach before. I leaned over to Tom. I'm like, dang, he's good. Like, you just got ordained. And he like, <laughs> he Fast was, checked. oh my gosh, it was good. So... Um, remember all these faces because they're, that's my son. Um, remember all those faces because, um, you're going to, she's going to, when she tells the story, I want you to hit, in order to get, um, to the last birth, we have to talk about the first and the second. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's all explained. So remember these little faces. Okay. So, um, next thing is I want everybody to know, um, is you guys, we're going to fast track to having a family. Okay. Then let's go really fast for people who are wanting to start a business, have a business, you're struggling. You don't know, like, how's this all going to work out? I know God's told me to start this business, but man, this is rough. Money is rough. Yeah. Uh, employees are rough. The whole thing, right? Yeah. Starting a business is a faith journey. It is. And if you don't quit, you get to the other side. But tell us, okay, so tell us about your business. Tell us the name of it. And um, I have, Tracy, you have a um, the name of it for us too. So she'll be popping that up in case you guys ever need it for future purposes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, our company's name is Zone 5. It's a solar company. We have a roofing company as well. And uh, just recently, we're, we're moving into the renewable energy home automation department. Oh, my so gosh. So it goes with what we're talking about at lunch. Absolutely. But we do uh, ACs and water heaters. Uh, we've recently just started doing the spray foam. And uh, Zone 5 kind of has this, like, spacey vibe to it. So we're calling it Space Foam foam because it's up on the top, you know. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and it's pretty cool. And, you know, for us, we use our business to disciple people. You know, a lot of times people, you know, think uh, kingdom business is about making money to go fund the gospel. But what was Jesus about his father's business? He was about souls. So really, kingdom business is about souls. And so we use this. Don't look at her. Sorry. She's taking your picture. Sorry. That's okay. Norma. Okay. You, that's the cane. I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. Go ahead. Listen. Okay. It's all just getting used to it. Get the cane and remove me. Yeah. Okay. They're not like Pastor Rodney. Sorry. Like Pastor Rodney has cameras everywhere. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so we really use our platform to win souls. Uh, yeah. We use it to raise up disciples. We put the fire of God in our people. Um, everybody is accountable. So we have so we have a couple of offices across Florida. I think we're at 
five offices and each one is connected to a Holy Ghost and Fire Church. So that way they teach, they're taught the principles on how to make money, but then they're held accountable, whether it's through us, this is before we got ordained, you know, to, with the local pastor to serve at the local church that we're connected with, which, you know, tends to be River Churches because we have River West Palm with Pastor yeah. Corey. And then we have, we're talking about River Fort Myers yep. with Pastor Daniel and then River Orlando with Pastor Alex. And, and then, of course, River Tampa, you know, with um, Pastor Rodney. And, and so a lot of that just came about with so we can connect, you know, the majority, the, the mass of our, you know, our, of our people to stay connected, stay plugged in, tithing, you know. So a lot of times they always say the body of Christ, like one or 10 percent tithe. If, or you, if you're lucky, yeah. you say it's like 12 percent for the longest time. So you have to teach these principles, you know, especially, you know, we have a lot of people that have come right off, not the streets like homeless, but, you know, out of the world. Oh, yeah. People knocking on their doors. We just recently have this amazing, this amazing guy in West Palm. Uh, one of our reps knocked on his door to sell him solar. Uh, that wasn't a solar sale. So then um, he's like, I'm here for a soul. We have a, we have a, a, a phrase in our company called souls before sales. And so if it's not a sale, it's obvious soul. Yeah. And so uh, the guy leads, leads the guy to the door, um, at, you know, to the Lord, he gets saved, tells him, Hey, there's a kingdom business at this church, which happened to be the kingdom business. My husband just spoke at, um, you should come. He comes and he's like vibrating. He doesn't know anything about like the power of God, the move of God. And, um, you know, my, my husband prays for him at the end of the kingdom business. Then he just almost got like instant download of, you know, the kingdom, the Bible. He's never doesn't know anything. And uh, and so and now he's plugged in. He's doing great with our company, being held accountable, submitting. Yeah. You know, so we have to teach these principles. So for us, we just use our business as a platform for the gospel. And then it multiplies. And of course, you know, if you're seeking first the kingdom yep. and its righteousness, so we're, the character is the righteousness part, all of these things will be added unto you. Yep. So we don't want to focus on that part because we're putting it, we're putting the emphasis on the kingdom winning souls and then the righteousness, which is the character. Yeah. Now, when do you, when you start, how did you start this business and what made you do that? Well, uh, without going into the whole kid part of it, my husband made a deal with the Lord and um he, he sold his last like two hundred fifty dollars. We were we were um, we were two hundred thousand dollars in debt. We were six months behind our mortgage. Um, he and I, we, you know, even like unity in our house wasn't quite there because you know I'm the one that went to Bible school thinking that I'm supposed to have some platform, but now I'm stuck at home with kids. Yeah, you know, I didn't ha I didn't have the right mentality, you know. And then my my husband was just like uh, just didn't have the character to continue to move forward and. Uh, you know, there. You know, the, the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And I'm thinking, man, if we're declaring the words of word of God over us, and we're not seeing the fruit, maybe the Lord's just making us just, because <laughs> we're not just yet. Maybe there's shady stuff in our heart. And so yeah. that time frame, the Lord was just working on us. And so my husband made a deal with the Lord, and um, and and part of what he shares is that if if, if you, he asked the Lord if you allow me to be the third company to rise up out of this place, which was the River Tampa he was working with other sales companies from previous time i went to bible school with a lot of those sales guys yeah and um uh, 
other owners would would almost like prostitute the anointing from these workers and then make millions of dollars and none of it comes back to the church that was with one company then the second company same thing happens a lot of bible school students from the river mm -hmm. come they get plugged in they they make a bunch of money with this sales company and that guy the owner of that company sells his company i think makes like I don't know, 50, I don't know, I think it was like like $2 billion, and his tithe was like, f I don't know, $5 million. And But instead of his tithe being $5 million to the church, it goes to the Mormon church because it was a Mormon company. But the but it was the Christians that built Bill, Yeah, that made him the money. And so my husband just had this righteous indignation come above him, and he's like, if you allow me to be the third company to rise up out of this place, meaning the river, Tampa, um, I promise I'll bring it back to you. And part of what, what he said to the Lord was before he finished his sentence, you know, to be a $3 billion company, because he hesitated saying $3 billion, because yeah. that's a big number. It's a huge <laughs> that's number. a lot more zeros. Way you more. Know. Um, and before he finishes the word you, and I promise I bring it back to you, the Lord says, what you've uh, asked me, I've offered it to many, but they wouldn't do it. So because you, uh, you, know, you asked, you can have it go. And that's what we've been doing, which has been going. And then when my husband started the solar company, the, you know, he, he his friend called him in. He's like, I got this thing. I don't know how to do it, but I think you're the one that's going to build it. And uh, and he's like, I don't even know what solar is, you know. And so they make a deal, like, pay me for six weeks while I figure this out. And he couldn't figure it out. And mm -hmm. part of his testimony says he saw me changing my son's diaper. He's like, I don't want to go inside because I still couldn't figure out how to sell this product because i didn't even know what solar was you know yeah he's, he's an amazing salesman he's he's really great at building teams but he couldn't get the system and process together yet and um and he told the holy spirit he's like god i if you promise i promise if you teach me how to do this i won't go to anybody but you first i won't ask anyone else and the holy spirit said fine let me move let the holy spirit move and work on their hearts work on the people's hearts and let the Holy Spirit move. And mm -hmm. those were the two conditions the Holy Spirit told my husband. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. My husband never recruited. People were just starting to come our way. And then we just would work on their hearts. We started talking about the things that mattered, you know, going back yep. to Matthew 6, you know, and that righteousness part. And, uh, and we put their attention, you know, stop being a man and woman of opportunity. Stop chasing. Stop selling yourself to the highest bidder, you know. Come, put your hand to the plow. Be faithful, you know like you know with building a church oh yeah and so it's the same principles and so uh as this just continued to move forward we started working on people's hearts you know and, and that kind of led into you know the ordination because you know pastor our you know pastor alex in, in orlando and then of course pastor rodney who did ordain us you know he's like they can see that we're pastoring these yeah. people you know we we've had deliverances in our sales meetings you know a couple because of business because of business um, I, we say this all the time. I, I've even said this to Tracy, but a business is like running is the same thing. There's no difference between a business and a church because it's a whole lot of human yeah. contact and minutia. Yeah. I mean, it, at times, uh, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of human interaction and, ha and then having to try and, let the Holy Spirit direct you with each and every situation. Yeah. If you're a, a good business owner, then you're letting the Holy Spirit do it. If if um, it's like with Tracy, her and her husband with his business, and then Tracy has her business, but they're dealing with with uh, with employees, and you're trying to get the employees to ha handle it in a Christ-like way. Some of them are not believers, totally. and you're having to. 
And then you're having to deal with the customers and trying to win them as well. Like everybody has an opportunity on each side, like to be exposed to to, to the gospel. And church is no different. I mean, you have, your staff is saved, yeah. at least you hope they are, but your staff is saved, but they, they're still like, you're still having to deal with a, a lot of stuff. Right. Hopefully less with staff, like not, not like, um, you guys get to pick who you, um, Hire. now come up through the ranks oh, sure. to get to Promote. the closest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can have some employees that are a lower level mm-hmm. that you really don't deal with. And that's much easier, but as they get closer to you then you really want to make sure that they're fully connected and have a strong relationship with the Lord because it all trickles down from there. And that's what my husband does on Tuesdays. Like we're talking about how the Tuesdays are going to be the business Sundays. You know, that's really where we can continue to plug the message, teach the principles, teach character, and, uh, and and showing how to practically apply you know, uh, the word, because they say that business is the anointing practically applied. So how do I do this? And so I think, you know, Jonathan Shuttlesworth is really great at uh, making the the word so today and applicable and like palatable. And I feel like in business, that's, that's even what my husband does is really showing how you can have these character points in the company with using the, the word of God. And it's not just the Bible says this, the Bible says this, you're just hearing principles and you're like, Oh, that's the word. That's the and I think I see. Th- I think that a lot of people sell out, and they don't have. The, you, you have the capabilities of being a business owner. It's just you don't have the self esteem or the courage right. to step out. And so I say to that, um, don't doubt who you are. Be bold and don't work for somebody else. Yeah. You, if you pay your tithes, and if your business pays tithes off of, I think that's a big key, though. A lot of times, business owners pay only tithe off of the income that they get when really they should be paying tithe off of with the business a hundred percent they actually should be that's not a, that's right that's not a suggestion that is for sure and if you want to see it's just like the church when we started which we always gave and we gave a lot but i wouldn't i don't know if i would say that we ever tithe the church ever tithe as much as it got in we gave a lot yeah but everything changed when we made a a a decision and we said we will tithe and then offering on top of that we will tithe off of everything that the church brings in which no one ever taught us that principle somebody had suggested it to us but nobody taught us the principle that a church should tithe off of what it brings in that it i know that a lot of denominations require that right but that's because it's a business decision not because it's actually a principle principle of the kingdom right totally different Totally yeah. different. So I think financially, we skyrocketed when we made that decision. So can you imagine if a business yeah, that's covenant. made that decision? If, you, if you're not paying your tithe and you're a business owner, you're crazy. If you are a business owner and you are not making, if your home and your business are not using Christian biblical principles and you're floundering, there's a reason for that. Right. It's, you know, it, it's because if once you start instilling and being strong in the word of God, watch out. Because then would you say that once you guys, because you said you guys were late on your mortgage, your, yep. your home life was kind of like chaotic. Right. But then he made this commitment 
And then do you, would you say that over a short period of time, things began to change? It was or? within about six months. That's a, that's Which, a very that's short period. Short, of, but yes. when you're in the middle of it, you're like, okay, I thought this was going to be a magic wand that things were going to change all of a sudden. And, and actually, and that's whenever you have this realization, I'm like, we're hungry. We're seeking the Lord. We're quoting scripture. Why isn't, why aren't we seeing this manifestation? And that's when I was like, maybe the Lord's making us just. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're not just yet for the, the wealth to come our way. Yeah. And so that takes time, you know, because everything's a seed. So if you've been sowing garbage all this time, he's got to rip that stuff out and then yeah. sow new seed into us. We have to sow new seed and then yep. it starts to flourish and incubate. The weeds come out. That's right. Because it's the soil that's multiplied, not the seed. It's only one seed. The yeah. soil's the multiplier and we are the soil. It's just like when the, uh, when the disciples uh, went out with the food from the little boy. Right. It was the disciples that were, it multiplied in the disciples' hands, not from from the plate that they were holding or from Jesus himself. Right. It was they multiplied it as they handed it out, and a lot of people don't realize that. Right. We are that, though. Yeah. It's the same thing. So um, because I know, like, I have friends who just, like, stepped out. I have a couple friends who just stepped out into business on their own. They've been under somebody. And that's a kind of a scary thing. Yeah. But organization is huge. Yep. You do the You do the human carnal things and then you add in the biblical principle and watch out because it will like yeah we kind of started backwards because for us we were faithfully serving at a church for like seven years we were on the worship team and uh and no it was just us it was just the me my four no more kind of expression you know nobody was doing anything we're sitting around thinking one day we're gonna win the lottery or what are we gonna do you know rather than standing on kingdom principles oh my gosh and um and nobody was growing and developing and then whenever you know i got hungry which was part of part of our testimony you know for the change you know through through us shifting and going back to the river tampa um you know, in that time period, you know, the Lord was working in our hearts first, and then we were applying those principles. And then when, uh, you know, during part of our assignment, us moving up to Orlando was because of how Pastor Alex's heart is with mm-hmm. his message for his church that we we needed to continue to grow because it was almost like his message was putting biblical definition to the work that the Lord was already doing in us and in our company. Yeah. And so we then got to be accountable and, and really understand the submission to authority. And mm-hmm. then, and then of course we're already submitted to submitted to pastor Rodney and, and through that time frame, you know, the Lord brings, he always promotes your relationships first before he promotes you. And so yeah. that's what was happening. We were getting promoted by the relationships and then how do you handle what, again, a seed? What do I do with what's been given to me? Mm-hmm. Do I get familiar or do mm-hmm. I honor the pastors that are in front of me? Am I, I'm here for, I'm here to be taught something. I'm not here to bring something. There's something to be said about being an armor bearer. People have lost, people have, like, you should not, if you are the one that has an armor bearer, you should not be like, Right. I, I, I'm worthy. You deserve, uh, you're lucky. That, come brush that, my hair. Yeah, come brush my hair. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke. Yeah, but there's something to be said. I think anybody that's been in ministry, I've had to be an armor bearer. Yeah. Like, I've had to do that role. And I think it's super important to do it so that when God, if God ever puts you in a place, then you don't think more of yourself than you should. 
I loved that season, especially when I was on the road. I always thought I was called to the ministry of help because everyone's like, oh, you're called to the full-time ministry. I'm like, are you called to the fivefold? Are you a pastor? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy yeah. to lift up a vision. And I used to think there's something wrong with me because I'm not ambitious. <laughs> You yeah. know, but really it was just because this is knowing my assignment. Yeah. And so a lot of times, especially in the kingdom business term, people think, oh, I need to go out on my own. No, you plug in, go use your gifts and talents and build with people. And then and wait then and wait. See. Or if yeah. not, stay faithful where you're at, because maybe mm -hmm. you're supposed to be the best number two. Mm -hmm. You're there's never supposed to be, to be number yeah, one. Yeah, there's something beautiful about number two. There really is. I mean, I'm... We do have like a Heather and like a Magalis is a number yes. two, right? Um, but I consider myself to be a number two in my As marriage. A wife, of course. Yeah, we I are. love that role. Yes, I think it's beautiful yeah. and it's super special. And I'm, I don't need to be number one. I really don't. I don't care about we that. We actually suck as number one. I agree. Because we're not supposed to be. I tell this, you know, I say I this a lot because our job as wives is to lift up our husband's hands. No matter what, whether you work a job, whether you're home with the kids, whether you're in ministry, no matter what, you are the help me. Your job is to lift up your husband's hands. So the Lord had to check me on this because I had all these Bible accolades and waiting for my platform. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why am I stuck at home with these kids? And the Lord's like, you know, and my husband started rising up. My husband started speaking at events. My husband started preaching. I'm like, this guy didn't even finish Bible school or whatever the case was, you know. Uh -huh. But, you know, uh, at, with with that, the Lord just supernaturally downloaded everything and accelerated my husband where yeah. he cares about all that stuff. That doesn't even matter. But the fact that uh, the fact that he was moving forward and I was at, I was the hot mess at home, the Lord's like trying to show me something. And he's like, you are never going to be number one, but you will be the best number two. It's a beautiful thing. Now, let's let's do it. Like, you just mess, mess, said something that I think can segue right into a really great story. <laughs> You're a hot mess at home. Yes. Can I you was. tell us, can you can you share how hot, what a hot mess you were? <laughs> oh, man. I used to make excuses for everything. It was always someone else's fault. Um, I lived that life, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You I know, lived that life. I, I, you know, whenever I got called to Bible school, the Lord gave me like an open vision. And I thought I was supposed to be preaching on these platforms. And, uh, and now I'm at home wiping butts. You know, nobody's paying attention to me. And I used to really fall into comparison, looking at other people and be like, well, this person's doing this. And I don't know. I'm the one just at home. And my husband was always so gracious. He's like, there's going to be a time where you're, I see you speaking into ladies. And I'm like, you know, you don't know the stuff in my heart. Like, I'm a jerk. You know, like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not nice, you know. But the Lord just was continuing to refresh me. And, and Pastor Dallas's testimony really just built me in that time frame because how she compares herself in this familiar stuff I would just stream thinking like she's saying exactly what my heart's saying like don't pick somebody else like it's not me and the Lord's the Lord's like yeah you know because he's looking for the hungry he's looking oh, yeah. for the humble he's looking for the ones that can be teachable you know and it's not about what you bring to the table it's, it's, it's yeah. about what he can do inside when of you. When we are weak, he is strong. That's right. Is it knowing that <laughs> your God, strength. Thank God, I'm weak um, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> knowing that where your strength comes from is huge. I think any. I think uh, I. I remember saying to to the Lord so many times, like when I found out that He called us into ministry, I was like, Lord, why us? Like there are so many better yeah. people out there that. And he basically said, because you're willing to say what no one else is willing Absolutely. to say, and you're willing to go where no one else is willing to go. Absolutely. And if other people would have been more usable, maybe we wouldn't have been picked. But he also looked at our hearts. Like Tom and I, there's probably, and 
we're honest about ourselves. Yeah. And uh, the, I, I think that we're very broken. I think a lot of times if the Lord tells us something about ourselves, we're very broken about that and willing to listen to those things and say, yeah, I fall short there. Like, what do I have to do to get to that place? Now, that's where, like, you were very cautious about what you ate and what, you're like OCD. I was. I um, I was. Besides not being very nice, which I've been yeah. there. I was a horrible person. I was very critical. Being. I used to, like, look down on people where, where they would eat and shop. And I was so prideful, you know, and um, and just, you know, trying to lose baby weight thinking I'm going to go be a vegan because I'm watching Because you lady. used to do massage therapy, correct? Was, yeah, before. So you, you have great training I in do. being. And the health and holistic and all that. I know that world. And, um, and so after I had my daughter, I'm like, I'm going to try to lose this baby weight by going vegan. Because, you know, you just you start jumping on Instagram and it's a bunch of doctrine of devils. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, Half it joking. is. And so it that's is. what happened. I fell into this trap of comparison because that was where I was with everybody. I was everybody's doing better than me because I'm a victim and I it's everybody else's fault that I'm in a mess. It's not my fault because I was not humble and I wouldn't admit, you know, any fault. And uh, and it was just uh, all these hard checks, you know, because he resists the proud and he was definitely resisting me because I was repulsive with those things yeah and so you know uh so yeah I was a vegan for um almost two years what was that life like it was horrible it was, <laughs> it was horrible it's I hope you have vegans listening it was horrible <laughs> stop <laughs> um but yeah it was really more unpleasant because I was trying to control my husband and you should do this with me and uh, you come be miserable with me you know essentially and uh um, miserable with me and uh you know it was just determining my own way uh of how we we're gonna eat how the house was um my daughter who had turned one I would only feed her eggs and bone broth from this soup that my mother-in-law taught me how to make do you think it was fear-based Totally. Yeah. And I that's think, what I want you to hit on because yeah. it was, it was fear. You were well, OCD. OCD. Yeah. And fear based on these things. Because. And I'm, she's speaking to some people right now. I purposely am making you okay. tell this story because I, in my spirit, yeah. I know that this story is meant for not just one. Yeah. There are many people that will not maybe not watch live, but they are going to watch this later on. And it's, you're, it's not maybe food for yeah. them. It's cleaning. It was all it's of it. It had health. to be in order. It had to be this certain way. It had to be this, you know, just this order. And there was no room for the Holy Spirit to move in my life because it was so regimented to my desire, my way. And, and a lot of that manifested in the food because I was not following my husband. I would always backbite him. I'd always talk over him. I'd always, he doesn't even know, you know, I'd like have this attitude. Conversation in your head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what does he know? He's happy and filled with joy. He obviously doesn't know the barons and burdens of, of improper eating. There's chemtrails in the sky and our, 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 gra our ground is depleted. And, you know, like she said she would see people eating. And she goes, I know that, I know that steak, that steak's from Walmart. I know you bought that steak, <laughs> you know, don't invite me over. I know. And, and so guess what would happen? Nobody would invite me over or they would just, you know, whatever. Oh, I love that. And so, you know, I was very unpleasant with some of these things and, um, and, and it wasn't fun to be around, you know, cause I would just, I was, I was fear-based. I'm like, that has GMOs in it. That does too. And I, you know, I, chemicals. You saw me at the, at the gas station. I'm like, I'm just double checking. It's still in me. <laughs> she still drank it. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> and so it's in here. And so, um, and so, yeah, a lot of that was fear-based because I wasn't rooted in the word. I wasn't rooted in faith as a Christian. You know? But you think you, you thought you were though. Totally. That, I'm see, on the and this is, team, of course, I'm a Christian. And this is the thing. And this is uh, I was just talking to my daughter about this because we were talking about some similar stuff last night. Deception. My husband just preached on this on Sunday. People deceive themselves. They are full of deception about yeah. who they really are. So you didn't think this isn't fear based. This right. is me just taking great care of my family. Right. I really care about them. So if yeah. I care, then I will pay attention to right. what they eat. They need to listen to me. You know, like that was the attitude. Like, and if they're not going to listen, then obviously, you know, I'm the, I'm the, what's that social injustice, you know, Nazi kind of person. I was a Karen, you know, in that kind of aspect, <laughs> you know, and they don't understand that, you know, they're killing themselves rather than standing on the word and then you know along with the testimony whenever um, pastors Jonathan and Adalis started their Facebook lives when they were like talking like this this is their they Facebook. had nothing they behind had them. nothing it was just hey guys and he had his plugged in you know ear do you remember that Tracy it was like, <laughs> I knew Tracy would like, remember it I think it was like 2017 and so and it was their first uh like Facebook live of prayer and fasting that they did and uh, uh, Pastor Dallas goes on um, about, you know, standing on the word, how divine health is the children's daily bread, how no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we've chosen not to vaccinate our kids. So whenever I was hearing this, I was correlating it to the decisions because I just had my second newborn. And again, we're having to tell the, the pediatricians and doctors we're not vaccinating. So you just like fresh conversation going on that I'm hearing the same faith I'm using knowing that not vaccinating my children I should be applying this to the same thing about no weapon in the food that's mm -hmm. in there is going to harm me right because just like if malaria is going to is going to die in John Wesley's body why can't the you know nonsense and GMOs and all that stuff yeah. die when it comes into my body same thing you know different chemicals same thing same thing exactly and so after she preached this message I basically reached out to her on Facebook because that's where they that's the only way you could communicate with them by then I just typed up her message do you mean to tell me and then I just went on and re preached her message and uh I'm like you, you mean to tell me that all I have to do is activate my faith in the same format and she just responded yep <laughs> I'm like kids Sounds jump about in the right. car we're going to Taco Bell <laughs> that's she, she did she goes kids jump in the car we're going to Taco Bell and they did <laughs> we did and that it was really that just set easy. me free. It was that it was it was that quick because, you know, a lot of times people think that getting free from something because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. They think it's this big deliverance, but that freedom is due to obedience. You just have to obey. Like I Amen. remember, I remember when my daughter was like three and a half, four years old, and she's doing something that's worthy of a spanking. And I'm I'm already because oh, I think she was already four and a half because I'm listening to Jonathan, and he's going on and you're just meditating on Deuteronomy 28 and all these blessings will follow unto you. And I get to my daughter's face and I'm like in her level about to give her a pawpaw. I'm like, all you need to do is listen and obey. Because if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and obey his commandments, all of these things will be added into you. And as soon as I told her that, I just start streaming, crying. Because it's that easy. You just have to that listen easy. and obey. The end. And if you and a lot of times what we do is we well what about this factor? And and God, you don't even know my circumstance. That's not in the if you listen and obey. All you have to do is listen and obey. That's right. It's and, it. And that's it. It's that simple. So you didn't have to have a deliverance. No. You didn't have Nobody to get down hands on, on your knees. Mm -mm. I mean, and I beg and repent. plead with God. I didn't even repent. Right. I just, I, you just Taco made a Bell decision. Taco Bell was my repentance. 
It's like when Jonathan said to Adalis when she was so anxious and just so anxiety ridden yeah. and she goes into him and he's playing the video games and she's talking about how she's afraid and all these reasons and he looked up at her and he said don't fear and she's yeah. like yeah what are you talking about and he goes right. don't fear she was so mad at him but then she realized yeah don't fear <laughs> it's that's that it. simple that's stop it. fearing yeah it's, it's that simple it's that simple we make things way more complicated yeah it's faith is the same thing faith with healing same exact thing. It's when you just stop pressing and just realize it's already done. That's and it. you rest in that it's already done. Yeah. That's it. But people, And then you see it. But people struggle because they struggle. They struggle in life because they struggle to get into the word and apply it. That's They don't read the word. And or they, they read they it. they don't know their promises, so they don't know That's how to true. stand on it. And then they're struggling, and they're like, oh, Lord, come set me free. He's like, I did. Read Matthew 6.33. Read Deuteronomy 28. I already did set you free. <laughs> Which Deuteronomy 28, if you don't know that, you're crazy. Because that is one of the best yeah. chapters in all of the book. Yeah. Of all of it. I mean, hands down. So you need to have that up that's all over your house. Promise. Because that's your blessings. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but I will say that a lot of times that goes back to the scriptures as to not just be a, a hearer of the word, but be a doer. And what happens is people are, people are great at listening. And then they think because they've listened to it, that's me. Yeah. But no, it's not you because it's not you if you are not applying it. Correct. Okay. It's to be a hearer and a doer. And in order to be a doer, you got to apply what you're listening to instead of just being deceptive yeah. or deceiving yourself, saying that just because you listen to it and you know the promise, right. that means because you know it, you're doing it. No, just because you know it doesn't mean you're activating it. Right. And there is a difference. So, and sometimes God might level you. He might level you, build, uh, knock you down to build you back up. Oh, totally. And you have to be willing to be leveled. Because, again, it's the sowing of the seed. you got to get all the weeds out yeah. for the seed. If that soil is not rich, and it can't be rich when there's a lot of weeds in there. No. So it the weeds have the to, yeah, you, you got to pull them up. Yeah. And that means sometimes being leveled. And you can't despise the leveling. That's the problem, though. A lot of people don't want to do the leveling because it's going to mean that might be some scary times. Yeah, You might, like see some stuff that you don't really want to see or have to deal with some of the stuff that you really don't want to deal with. Right. Been there, done that. Yeah. It's not fun. I still do have to do with that sometimes daily. Of course. But it gets easier, I can promise you that, because your faith grows in the leveling process. You, you're familiar to this, ooh, I, can, I feel this jerkiness coming on. Okay, Lord, come check me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh yeah. before, and then it's like the pride, like, no, it's not really there. I'm not really, I don't really have an issue with that person. Oh, and then you never deal with it. Oh my gosh, this is, it reminds me of, of a story last week. Tom and I, I got, I was leaving the house to go to his podcast, and every time I walked past this fan or moved past this fan that he has, he loves this fan in the garage to keep him. I'm like, I'm somehow I'm hitting the thing. I pick it up, it falls back over. I hit it again. I fall, and I'm like, finally, I'm like, boom. I'm like, done with the fan. I'll deal with it when I come back. Which I'm never like that. I'm never like that. He's like hardly ever sees me be like, I don't know what. I just got mad at the fan. It must, I, it must, I don't know what my problem was. But so we come back 
and he's picking we come back from the podcast he's picking it up and everything and so he says something like you know like don't you don't need to like if you get mad just just don't even worry about it or whatever and i'm like i then proceed to go well you know when you and then he's so like I'm just telling you, the man is the sweetest man on the face of the earth. So I'm like, well, you've broken my stuff. So like when you've been mad, so it'll be all right kind of thing. And I didn't say it like that, but I kind of said it like that. And it, like two minutes later, as he's putting the fan back together, he says, you know, when, when um, just because I've done things in the past, you shouldn't use those as an excuse for your bad behavior. And I'm like, yeah. well, now I'm even madder at you. No, I was like... <laughs> You're You're a prideful person. I literally was like, Hope, you are so flipping prideful Mm. because you're trying to justify your wrong by a wrong that he hasn't even done in like years. Like, I haven't even seen that side of him in years. But I hearken back like an elephant. Of course. Like to the time, what, maybe 10 years ago? You hearken back, but then you realize you're a prideful person. Like, get that pride out of you because that's ugly. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Mm. (laughs) I'm a. Me and my head between my legs are going to walk into the house because I, I am like a dog with its head, you know, tail between its legs. I'm an idiot. But it's so true because you have to like, you have to level yourself. You like be willing to just be totally taken down yeah. to go back up. And, and sometimes it's daily. And you have to be okay with that because it, it makes you better. Absolutely. It really does. But so you made that decision just like that. So that just proves to people. You may say, well, you don't know what I'm going through or you don't know what my life is like. How many years did you live like that? It Tell was me. two years. Two years. It was two years. With just the vegan. I was still prideful for a couple more years after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lord, how to keep working on me. No, it's I'm talking good. about the vegan part. That was two years. Two years of being yeah. fearful. Fearful. And people will say, no, it's a gradual but actually, process. Actually, no, you went to Taco Bell that day. Actually, the vegan part was two years. But the fearful part was an additional two years. Because it was it started when my daughter turned one. And it stopped when my do- the year my daughter was turning uh, just turned four. So it was three years in total. Yeah, but you made a decision. Yeah, it was you an additional year that I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to eating meat. But it has to be organic. It has to be grass cut. It has to be free range. It has to be <laughs> cage free. It has, you know, like all these things, you know, and, and it was just unpleasant. So just like how you're saying how graceful your husband is. Yeah. Mine is too. He's very graceful. Yeah. He's, he's so thankful. Man, for I'm telling you, he's, he is great at correction. He really is. Like he is, I am not at great at correcting no. and sometimes being corrected, but he's great at giving correction. I think I'm like, man, he's it's I gotta great. learn. I, it is. I gotta learn because yeah. man, it's a great skill to have. But it just shows you how Christ-like you are I usually when you I, perform, perform like that. I usually ask my husband, "Can I be in the room so I can learn?" Not because I want to watch the person, you know, squirm, but I, yeah. I, I want to learn. You know, I want to oh, learn yeah. how to love people in the correction because the, you know, the Lord disciplines and chastens the one He loves. So yeah. how do you take that correction? I mean, you can do it as a, as a parent, but I can't go around with your spoon swatting people. Yeah, that's you know? for cooking only. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just thank, kidding. Thank you for my <laughs> Oh, no, it's got dual purposes, okay, girl. Real. 100%. It fits in my purse. But, you know, you can't just go around and just be like a tyrant to people, even if oh, you yeah. are right. You know, there's a way you have to deal with people. And oh, that's yeah. part of, again, God's business because he loves people. And if you're not taking care of his business, then that's going to be like that bad steward. No, oh, yeah, it's so true. So 100% true. Now, that leads us straight into, this is Logan's time right here. 
a lot of people are going to get love this story, but Logan's my little pregnant girl. So let's talk about you have your two children, number one and number two. We won't yeah. give names because I'm really picky oh, about sorry, names. I already did. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. You did. Okay. You can tell me not to. No, no, no. You can. It's okay. just I only Police like. Police officers. I don't yeah. know this stuff. Well, no, that's not why. Just I just, them out. I just try and be private because I'm a private person, although that's my right. husband's not. I just try. Okay. But see, Thank you've you. already done. You've already said their names. Okay. So <laughs> you have your first two children yes. and it didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to go. Right. Now, partly it's because of you where you are faith-wise right okay let's start let's start there so to to fast track the first two just to lead up to the third one um I was very prideful with the way I wanted to deliver my first one you know um I was gonna have the birthing center experience and I was gonna do it this way and I wasn't in unity with my husband and he didn't say anything because we were newly married we we got pregnant basically the weekend of our first anniversary oh she got pregnant on her honeymoon Vanessa perfect (laughs) okay so yeah welcome to parenthood that's like okay happy anniversary welcome to being parents that's kind of like that moment oh, yeah. I had we found out actually on an Easter Sunday so it was kind of fun oh that is cool but so uh we didn't know any we didn't know how to communicate we didn't know how important it was to communicate with all this stuff and and I would just be really boastful with my I'm gonna do this rather than coming to my husband coming to the Lord and uh, and I'm just demanding my own way and and for him because he's he's meek and you know sweet he's like okay whatever you're gonna do but he never told me any of his concerns so with that kind of thing um my for whatever reason the first time my body just never went into labor I was actually 43 weeks pregnant with my oldest and because it was a birthing center they're like well you're kind of measuring small so we can it's go okay. we can go another week you know and she was born 615 so she was still fairly strong it's yeah. fairly small and so i won't find out the details until i get to heaven we'll find out what, what was actually supposed to happen yeah <laughs> but you know to to make that that part of the story short um i uh i end up uh drinking castor oil and i get rushed to the er because i was demanding my way it had to be this way and then when it wasn't happening that way i looked to my husband like aren't you going to do something like he, I'm st- I'm stuck in this mess and uh, I could just and that's that's I didn't say any of that stuff but that's what our eyes were telling each other you know yeah and uh, and I could see he's like I didn't sign up for any of this I don't know I don't know how to be here for you you know again his eyes only said this and that was such a wake-up call to me because here we are now getting an emergency c-section because I demanded my own way and we weren't in this together like how it's supposed to be and so I learned so much with being prideful in, in, in that kind of experience that it really humbled me. And then as four years went by, you know, have a newborn, we're, we're going, you know, time goes by and uh, the doctors are telling me again, oh, it looks like your body's not going into labor. It's a different, different OB. So he doesn't, an OB because as a C-section, you can't do the whole birthing center route, you know, legally. And um, they're like, you know, it looks like you probably are going to need another C-section. And I, I really wanted to have a natural birth. So I was just like, I don't like that report. <laughs> so I told my husband, I'm like, you know, here we are a month before having my son or two, three weeks before having my son. And I'm like, honey, if you will believe with me that my body's going to do what it's supposed to do, um, you know, otherwise I'm just going to have another C-section. I don't want to be induced. I don't want to, I don't want you to, I don't want to be forced because my body doesn't want to go into labor. Why would you be putting, pumping Pitocin in me and making my body do something it doesn't want to do? And I had a great C-section. I recovered quickly. You know, the staples were out and I was at Target the same day. So, I mean, I had a great, you know, recovery. You I sound had, like Heather. I had great. Heather, per- I'll do C-sections all day for people. <laughs> Perform them? <laughs> well, no, she'll actually have, have them okay. for the person. Back to work. <laughs> She's so, fine with that. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, I was fine with it because the Lord was so faithful even in my 
pride and disobedience. He was still faithful through all of that. And so here we are again with the same report. And I'm like, dang, four years went by and I'm hearing the same thing. And so that's when I was like desperate. And I'm like, honey, let's pray. We're in the car. We just got home. I remember. And, uh, you know, we start, we, he prays and we weren't totally like praying with each other. We went to Bible study. It was our own yeah. salvation you know, yeah. kind of a thing. You do you or you be you. You be you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so we were being ourselves in the marriage. And um, as I start praying in emergency tongues, my three, almost four year old starts freaking out because she never heard me pray in tongues. And that was such, Jonathan says, you never know when you fell asleep, but you know when you woke up. And that was my waking up moment. Like, what happened to my walk? What happened to my life? You know, where am I? Again, we're serving on the worship team in our church. You know, we were, you know, five, four, four-ish years, five years, five-ish years into serving at the church on the worship team. And I'm not even praying in tongues anymore. It's just and, crazy, isn't and, that? Yeah. That's spirit, a lot of people's walk with God, though. You know, I just <laughs> got lazy and, and I was about the the church about the business but I wasn't in it you know and and I wasn't you know diligently hearkening the, to his voice I wasn't seeking him I was just living you know a nominal life and um and so that was the wake-up call for me I, you know I end up having my son via c-section and then about five weeks into it our church you know has this uh this conversation about how they want to go in the next direction with with where they're going and all I realize is that I'm like checked out my house is not in order. I'm not in order. I could care less about what's going on with my church right now. You know, and, and we were just volunteers. We weren't on staff. Um, and so, you know, after that, I was just kind of like just stunned. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with my life. Like, how did I get here? And, and then I prayed. I'm like, you know, Lord, you know, I don't know how I ended up here, but please help me get out. And, um, and that was the next day that Jonathan starts his Facebook lives, you know, like we're, we're, we're talking yeah. and just getting pumped with like six months, six months. It took about six months of just hearing faith on their daily broadcast and just confessing the word, speaking the word, going back to applying and believing the word. You know, I'm like telling my husband, I'm like, you got to hear this guy. You got to hear this guy preaching. And the last thing, you know, he wanted to hear was a, another preacher because, yeah. you know, there was just a little bit of a, a disappointment with where we were going for so many years and not going into to a, a direction we thought so he was kind of like burned out with that um but pastor ronnie ended up taking his entire staff to israel that year i remember father's day yeah i remember him telling this telling the story go yeah. ahead and so um <clears throat> so i told our pastors we're not leading worship you know take us off that that day i'm like honey you gotta hear this guy he's I coming on father's day yeah. you have to hear this guy and um and on his end, he, he was not going to go. He said yes whenever I told him originally, like on a Monday or whatever, you know, like this guy's coming to the river, we're going. Um, so I already made the arrangements. And uh, the whole week he kept thinking, you know, we're not going to go. I'm like, don't forget, Sunday we're going to the river Tampa. We're not. We lived in Sarasota at that time. You know, we're going to the river Tampa. We're not going to be here. And he'd say, okay, you know, we're not going. Then that morning, and it's still to this day, angels were helping me. I got a baby, a newborn, a six-month-old, and a, uh, a a four-year-old in the car, myself, perfectly ready, didn't forget a thing, in silence, sitting there waiting, and my husband's showering. He's getting himself ready. We're not going to go. He says this. He says this. I'm just thinking we're not going to go. Once we get in the car, I'm just going to put my foot down and just pull over to somewhere else, and that's it. But we were perfectly in the car. I knew if I was, if I forgot something, forget it, because anything that was going hic to hiccup this, you know, was going to just, you know, make it not blow happen. it off, blow, you know, blow it up. And so he turned, you know, we start driving. Our church is to the left, hit, you know, the river Tampa's to the right. We're turning to the right. I'm like, 
okay, great. We just keep going. In his mind, he's like, we're not going. I'm just going to pull out to some random seeker-sensitive church, whatever. <laughs> we're just going to go. It's Father's Day, right? This is his story. But he just keeps driving. And so, you know, going from Sarasota to Tampa, it's like a 40, 45-minute oh, hike. Oh, yeah, it you is. Know? And so we end up at the River Tampa, right by that, passing that gas station. Again, I think we're going to church because that's all I knew. But this is his head, like, realizing, oh, I'm here. So he's like, Lord, if you have me here for a reason, then then come and touch me, you know, cause it's just, you know, you sometimes just, you still love the Lord, but you're hurt. And yeah. so he, he was at a place of just that brokenness, like you were saying, and he's like, just come touch me. And so, um, and so we, we ended up sitting in the third row. We were, we were used to these 45 minute dry clean services because our church was changing gears with some things, but this is now we're back into the three, four, four hours, hours. four, hours, four service. hours. Yeah. Four hours. Easily. scare people out. But no, it's four hours. I know, we say But it, it feels like you're at home. It's just like, what else am I going to do? It's so comfortable. It's not bad. And four so uh, like I just remember I'm bouncing my six-month-old, you know, in heels, you know, in a dress. You're like, I know the Lord has something for my husband. And I wasn't even desperate. I just, we were talking about that peace. It was, and it wasn't even that peace. I just, I just knew, like, as if I knew the rest of this. It was like a movie. Like, I knew what was coming up next. And uh, it was Father's Day, but he was preaching about mothers. And he calls out two ladies. And one guy, Jonathan, Jonathan was preaching about mothers on Father's Day. And uh, he called out two ladies and one guy. And that one guy was my husband. And uh, and right before that, you know, he's like, Lord, you know, if you have something for me, just come and touch me. And when he he had his eyes closed, he says, when you come and you know, when he said touch me, he he felt Jonathan touch his shoulder and say, you come here, calls him out. All he said was be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then he hits the ground. And, uh, and afterwards we're picking up our kids and we're in the back. And I mean, at that point, Jonathan didn't have, you know, staff with him, people with him. Yeah, they were very small then. Not even Adelson and, 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 uh, Camila were there. And, And again, it was Father's Day. Um, he was just changing his shoes, I think, getting out of his dress shoes and putting something more comfortable on when we went to go pick up our kid. And my husband just kind of gave him a wave, like, thank you. And, um. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know, but I know something's changed. And like this acceleration just like day and night happened as if all the stuff that was put into him as a young, you know, young boy when he was like, you know, faithfully um, in his church and and his praying mom and praying grandma and, you know, the activation of his relationship before just kicked in at that moment. And then all of a sudden it just accelerated him in the word hungry. You know, it's, you know, it just was like a completely different guy. And so that's how how our business started taking off and so at that point you know I was um we you know we were we were we would make talks about having another kid and he's like you know anyways even if we had another kid you know you're just gonna have another c-section it was just kind of felt like this like sinking in my heart like I still would love to have natural a v-back you know a natural you know delivery and uh, and at one point I had reached out to Adalis and I was like what do you do when you want to believe for a natural birth but your husband says to use your faith for a Ferrari. <laughs> and, uh, and that was cause she was like, I'm taking questions, you know, so I, that was my question. And so, you know, that, that's where we were. And so I just kind of, you know, just stayed faithful, you know, with, with what, what our assignment was instead of focusing on, on that. And so there were times where I was, I was, you know, praying and declaring and speaking over our business as we were growing and and moving forward. And and at one point I was like, God, how can I believe for our business to hit three billion if I can't even believe my body to do what it's supposed to do naturally? Amen. And so 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 that was kind of like this heart check right before I got pregnant. 
And then, uh, and then, you know, fast forward, here we are, um, we get pregnant in 2020, you know, so like probably right, right at the time we originally met you, you know, oh, yeah. came down, it was about, about the time I, I, I got pregnant with Kelly. I mean, no name child. <laughs> no, but you can. <laughs> I just, I just, I just don't do. But I, mean, I will now. Okay, that's fine. And so, um, so it, during COVID, the the husbands couldn't come to the um, the uh, visits, and so I I like begged them like just for the first one, just to hear the heartbeat. Can he come? So we come, we, we go to the 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 uh, appointment. We hear the heartbeat. I just asked out of the blue. It was again one of those hot question subjects that we didn't talk about be back or, or just have another c-section because i already knew what he would have said so i just left it alone so that way i could keep my heart right mm-hmm. and uh, but i did ask i said what's your what's your v-back success rate here and the guy's like you're 39 you've had two c-sections he's like mm, you know like go fly a kite basically and uh and so I just kind of kept my face still. I didn't say anything, but my heart like really sunk, you know, when he said that. And um, and then we got into the car, and my husband's like, "You know what? We're gonna believe God that your body's gonna do what it's supposed to do." Amen. And that gave me the permission for the sky being the limit to my faith, because now I'm in honor. Now I'm in submission. Now I have the permission of my husband to go and confess to the sky's the limit. So I had timers on my phone five times a day. I would confess the promises that are in the supernatural childbirth from the top of the baby's head down to the soles of her feet. I never even did that with my other two kids. And so, I mean, like. But the, your faith was in your walk with permission. God. Yeah. And your faith is different. And you are different. And we're different. We're at a different right. place. Yeah. And we're in unity. All that matters. All that matters. Which that's the one thing that my husband says. I got in unity with the Lord and then I got in unity with my wife. And once we were in unity, I knew what what part was my part and what part was his part. And so when it turned into being my part, I'm not going to be like, confess the word with me, honey. You know, like, no, like this is my job now. I have permission to go and believe you know, for, for exactly what I wanted. And so that's what I did for that nine months. And, you know, we, there were several ladies in our company that were believing. And I'm like, no, you can do it. Keep going. And two of those ladies were like ready to have a C-section, but stayed in faith and ended up having, you know, a natural birth like they wanted. Yeah. One of them was in faith, but she wasn't in the right place. And I'm like, no, you need to go get the C-section. And of course it was like all these events. And she's like, I'm so glad you helped me, you know, have a C-section, which this girl has now just had her successful V-back. Yeah. And so, because it was a different place in her walk. Right. Exactly. Because I had failed those times that I, that turned into a, a testimony and a, and a lesson for other ladies. No, you need to go. Or other by the word of the Lord. I'm like, you know what? Actually, go. go. You can't do it. <laughs> it ain't for or you right now. It's not for you for whatever reason, <laughs> unforeseen, you know. And so, so, and this is me declaring, this is for the sake of having what I'm desiring. This is my heart's desire. So, you know, here we go. Um, the, the, I switched doctors, by the way. I got rid of that guy because uh, he wasn't going to stand with me. And the doctors work for me. I don't work for them. Amen, so like, girl. You know, so bye-bye. New, People need to remember that. New doctor. So I got, actually ended up getting two other doctors, but the, the second one was insurance reasons. And so the third one. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was like, he's he actually reminds me a lot like Tom. He was uh, a pastor, Tom. See, you guys all say yeah. that stuff, you know, pastor Tom. Yeah. Um, he's like a, a Trump supporter and a QAnon. He was asking me all these QAnon questions at that time, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, bro. I'm just here. Wait, he, he was a QAnon person. <laughs> he was asking me, what do you think about this? And what do you, and I'm like, you know, cause I think he was like happy to have a conservative oh. 
patient Hopefully or something. he doesn't believe the QAnon stuff. I God mean, bless. No, Go that, ahead. That veil has been far removed, hopefully, for him. But so he was like a Baptist. And, you know, obviously, you know, I was, I was telling him, I'm believing, you know, you know. And, oh, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Christian. Cool. We're Christians together. Kind of like thing. So we never talked about my pregnancy the entire time. But now here we are two weeks before delivery and the same report. Hmm doesn't look like you have a favorable uh, uterus it, you know nothing's moving I think you should probably get a c-section I'm like you've been my friend this entire time <laughs> how dare you how rebel? dare you say this to me <laughs> betrayal you know? yeah and I I kind of had a heart check because again fear comes in yeah the fear was what is my husband gonna say because he has, hasn't been able to come to any of these appointments with me because of the whole COVID thing. And you're supposed to wear a mask, but I always wore bright lips and smiled really big. And so nobody, <laughs> nobody said, man, put your mask mess on. Up, mess like, up your so, she looks so nice. Plus, I, you know, the favor of the Lord. And so, um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I was like, what's my husband going to say now that they're saying they're talking this way? And that that actually happened on a Tuesday, and Tuesdays are our bu- busiest day. So it was like after 1 o'clock in the morning, he finally calls for the day. I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know what the doctor said. You know, he's talking about maybe getting a C-section. He's like, no, we're standing and believing on the Lord. And that was, and th- and that was what I needed to know that I could still keep going. Yeah. Because before I was so prideful and demanding with my first and uh and this time i'm like okay no we're we're gonna keep going you know because i was gonna be heartbroken that if my husband was gonna tell me not that i was like pouting like no what are you gonna say it was just the word of the lord was like no we're gonna keep standing and i'm like okay i have permission to keep going i'm in unity and um and i was already getting phone calls the next day from uh hello um christy we're here to schedule your c-section for monday i'm like wrong number Wrong. No, I'm not having a C-section. <laughs> and the one lady who had called me, she already knew how I was because she had to ask me. I had to ask me something about you know whatever somewhere in my pregnancy, and she's like, "Oh, I like I remember you." <laughs> like I'm like, you know, use an opportunity to win souls. You're always just going to talk to somebody. So, I um, I remember you. Like, oh, it's you. I know, ma'am. I, I I okay. You don't have to have the C-section. I'm just here to schedule the appointment for you. I'm like, okay. Well, tell them I said wrong number, and then hang up. And so um, so we just continue to stand on the word you know um, I went to go see a uh, midwife to just check me she's you know she's a, a friend of uh, a, a friend of other ladies I knew and and she's like yeah it looks like your body's moving forward the only thing I can muster up after before bursting into tears when the doctor said that to me was since my husband's not here I can't make a decision till I talk to him so can we get rechecked on Friday and then I'll tell you what we're, we're gonna do that's all I could come up to say. And so I'm, I'm pumping myself with the word. I'm standing, I'm declaring. I know I have permission, you know, to, to believe God. And so Thursday night, you know, steps start moving forward. I lose my plug. You know, I don't know how graphic Because you have to, to give them an a, answer on Friday. I have to give them an answer on Friday. That's the key here, guys. I lose my plug, and I've never done any of this stuff. So I don't know how it is. It's almost having, like, my first labor because yep. it never happened. And I'm like, okay, that was, you know, that was a plug, you know, whatever. So I come, like, guns a-blazing Friday morning. And he's like, okay, it looks like you're, you know, you're moving forward. You're, you're like a one. You're getting softer, whatever those terminologies are. Yeah. You know. A face. And he's like, yeah. so what are you going to do? I'm like, look, you said if nothing's happening, we're calling the C-section. Something's happening. So we're going to wait. We will we'll wait until the following Friday. But we're not going to do anything except maybe like a soft induction. But we're not, we're not doing anything. He's like, you don't want me to strip your membrane or do anything? I'm like, no, don't move us forward because that's what my husband said. Don't do anything. We're yep. waiting on the Lord. And again, before with Gabby, they did do that because they're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, speed it up. Let's do this thing. You know, what oh, else I can I do? Oh, I did that, girl. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a mess. Let's and so, um, and so, so I just felt like, and I, and I, and I'm like, look, and he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm concerned because there's a 0.01% chance of you having a uterine rupture because you've had two C-section and, and maybe God's telling me to tell you not to do it because this is going to happen. I'm like, maybe your job is to be a Christian first before a doctor so you can stand in faith with me. You are supposed to be the voice of the voiceless. And right now I'm telling you, this is what I'm believing for. I'm inviting you to be a part of this miracle. Either you can be a, be with with me on this, or I'll just show up to another ER when it's time. No, 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 ma'am, it's okay. And so that's where that's where this this testimony was going. The guy was like, "Okay, I'm all for it," you know, because you're crazy. You know, <laughs> I'm in faith. I'm standing. This is gonna happen. And so, uh, so then as the day goes by, Saturday comes. We actually have guests over, and uh, and my pastor, Pastor Lauren, she she texts me. Uh, you know, how are you feeling? And I'm like, eh, a little crampy, but you know, I guess I'm fine. And she goes, "Have you been crampy all morning?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "Does it come and go?" I'm like, "I haven't paid attention." I'm like actually yes and she goes that's not cramps you're you're having contractions i'm like oh my gosh this is happening and so i was like okay great by the by that evening um you know we were with people and uh and my water breaks and i'm like this is happening this miracle is happening this is uh, anything i've never experienced any of this stuff before and so i had a doula and she was from our church so you need a spirit-filled doula that way they can stay in agreement with you because Boom, when you don't know what you're doing you need to have people with you and so one reason why we had a doula with us our third time was because we didn't know what to expect and so um, I didn't know what my husband how much he wanted to participate and so I, I wanted to have a support because I didn't know what I need not yeah. that not that my husband wasn't going to support but maybe he didn't want to be in the room yeah you don't you know, know what you don't I didn't know. know yeah so yeah. where I just wanted to honor and, and my husband and I again were in unity and and um, about having her on, and it was actually really healing because we got to talk about some things from, you know, the first birth that just allowed him to just kind of, like, get that out finally because he's like, I don't want what happened this time to happen this time. Yeah. And so uh, so that was just just more just cleansing and, and just, you know, being um, fully filled with God and not filled with any kind of fear, you know, because you don't want to have any doubt. Nope. You know, just like when Jesus kicked out the other people whenever that miracle was happening. So I, yeah. you know, we don't want to get kicked out the of our own miracle. The criers and the flute, flute players. Yes. You got to go. Right. Exactly. And so, um, so as the evening is progressing, I, you know, I'm laboring. I, I'm so excited. I've never had any of this stuff happen. I'm bouncing on the ball. I'm doing all the things. And as, uh, as the night, as the night goes on into the morning, I felt like, you know what, my body's getting tired. I'm going to, maybe I should just get an epidural. I'm happy to be here, but I need to maybe rest my body. So I get an epidural. There's a reason why I'm saying that. I get yeah. an epidural and I, and one of my confessions was I was going to laugh this baby out. So, because obviously we come from the river and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I'm, I'm laughing this baby out. So I would like, ha, ha, ha in between, you know, the contractions just to help (laughs) open up, you know? And, uh, and I meant it, you know, and and part of when you were talking about uh, Pastor Chris's book, I haven't read her book, but you know, while she was, before she was writing it, Mm -hmm. because we were pregnant at the same time, you know, she was sending stuff to me and she sent something to me that was really helpful at a time about just getting your mindset in the right place for the, the pushing and the, and the opening up and all that stuff so it was re- it was really wonderful that you know at that time frame so I'm really glad she ended up writing a book yeah and which Logan loved yeah and um 
And so, uh, so I'm in this mentality where, you know, we're, we're speaking the word, we're confessing the word. But as soon as they gave me the epidural, you know, they're like, oh, the baby's heart rate's dropping, which is what they told me with my first, which is why the emergency C-section was happening. And we already heard this song and dance. So I wasn't going to be prideful and be like, yeah, we already know this story. I waited for my husband to make the decision, which before I was not about that. And so this time he's like, no, we're, we're going to wait. So we actually signed the paperwork declining the C-section because they're suggesting it. But you think they're just trying to push the agenda, just get yes, this over with. Which it's they usually been, are. It's already been overnight now. Let's just get the show on the road. But we're like, no, we're waiting for this miracle. And um, and my husband's like, give us an hour. I was I think I was like five centimeters at that point. And he's like, if she's not a 10 in an hour, you know, then we'll we'll talk about the C-section. So within that hour of laughing in between the tra- contractions, I'm having to move side to s- side by side. They had some alternatives. Oh, your heart rate was a little low when you, you came, or high when you came in. Now it's lower. Let's bump up your heart rate to help bump up the baby's rate. I'm like, see, there's always a solution, you know, but they're always just quick for the, the C-section. Yep. And so they did these things. And then as, a, as that hour went by, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to check you. You're an eight. We're like, wow, we're an eight, but it's not a 10. That's what they're like, but it's not a 10. And so, you know, we really think you need to, you know, decide for the C-section because I think at that point, the baby's heart rate is supposed to be anywhere between 120, 125, and she was down to like 65. And, um, and it, you know, the way we describe it, it was, it was just almost like we were trying to pick what restaurant to go to. Like, hmm, okay, let's get the C-section because we just felt like this was our stop. And... Um, because we had everybody leave, you know, we had such peace. It was like this peace that surpasses the understanding. It was like, this is as far as we can go. This is how far our faith could take us. And, um, and as they're wheeling us in to start with the OR, you know, I actually hear, I hear this. I hear what happened to Adalis is about to happen to you. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. Like, la, la, la. I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening to this. And I was just like, Lord, you're so good. Because I spent that nine months you know, confessing, fighting, standing on the word that this was not time for me to get all in the name of Jesus and powerful. And so I, I just, I just refused to listen to that. And I just stayed in faith and I kept my body really calm because as soon as they moved me from the, um, the, the regular birthing table into their operating table, my body goes into shock, like, like full on convulsing. I cannot stop. And I'm like, this is my third go around. I know how this works. Why is my body acting this way? Because I was in such peace that perfect peace like 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 really like why are you not why are you not participating in this peace like body and soul I mean like soul and spirit are fine but what's up with you body and uh and of course there's that time frame where the husband has to go get scrubbed up so I'm by myself for a little bit you know and that's not very long you know everything seems like it's like hours but really it's it's like minutes yeah yeah and so he comes in and I and one thing I told them because having that massage background is I love all the things medical and you know all the other details I love all the things medical so in my birth plan I was like do not speak speak medical stuff around me because I don't want to hear whether it's negative or positive I don't want to get excited and then tighten up because I'm excited or I don't want to get fearful because I hear what you're saying so but now I'm in the operating room all bets are off and they're running around like it's home alone like that that one scene you know <laughs> again third c-section i've had uh, i've had a emergency c-section i've had a planned c-section and now this one's like not like one i've had before and so they're running around like crazy and i can hear all these terminologies and i'm like okay and i was just like lord you're so faithful i thank you you're so good i'm and you, you know you're you're laid like this they they, they almost strap you because they have to you know start plugging stuff in and i was just i was just in peace 
And because I already had that epidural, they didn't have to give me the spinal tap, which is the, the big epidural yeah. where you're actually numb. So I, I was numb to what was happening, but I could feel something was happening. You know, I can feel my body moving because the other half of me was still, yeah. you know, you know, in, intact. <laughs> and so, um, so they obviously, you know, cut me open. I can feel my baby leave my body, you know, actually, not like, you know, spiritually. I can feel her leave my body. And I just knew something wasn't right. And I tell my husband, I'm like, start praying. And he's like, Shababa, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, no, start praying. We shall live and not die. And then I just closed my eyes and I just got really quiet and peaceful because I needed my body to be still because it was still shaking. I was still convulsing. I was still like puking. I couldn't move. You know, I was just, I was like, why is my body acting this way? Yeah. You know, and I wasn't worried, but it was like, that's, that was what I realized because I was in such peace with everything else. And, um, and of course, they're, they're saying all the terms, whatever. Time goes by, and my husband does start praying in, in tongues, like, you know, fiercely. And time goes by, and I hear, let's get the dad over here. Because this is my version. I'm trying to blend the two sides of the story. And uh, this nurse, filled with the devil, says, I hear you praying. Look what you've done. Grabs my baby's arm. Boom, flops. You waited too long. And she's dead. For 20 minutes, they were trying to resuscitate her. But because when we started dating, all he, he, he said was, you're such a beautiful baby. I bet you are a beautiful baby. And all he wanted was a little baby. Of course, I wanted Spanish babies. And then now this little baby is white-skinned, blonde hair. You know, you know I, I mean, didn't know the eye color at that moment. But, uh, but she was there. And so that was the glimpse of hope my husband needed to know that this was his promise. Yeah. That is not going to be dead on a table. So he said, in the name of Jesus, you shall live and not die. Immediately, life comes back into my daughter. And the nurses were shocked. They didn't know what to do. And they immediately grab her. They say, you know, you did your job. You know, because that, that nurse said, you know, let's see if, you're, if your God's listening. There are many gods, but let's see if yours is listening. And so now, you know, of course, our Lord co comes and, and delivers, Shows up. delivers my baby. And, uh, and he takes her, uh, she, the nurse takes her and says, you know, like, you know, she may be alive, but she's probably going to be a vegetable. This is like holding a baby underwater for like 20 minutes. And, uh, and another just, you know curse and uh and you know Lazarus was dead for four days why would absolutely why would the Lord bring someone back from the dead as to a make vegetable? him a vegetable it doesn't work and like so that. we we refuse to hear that report and so uh so they rush her off they actually even called a helicopter but they canceled it she went to um she went to a different hospital because of the better NICU situation and all that kind of stuff and um and for me because I heard that prayer and I and because I use sarcasm to deal with stuff I was like a funny way to greet your baby into the world and then I hear them speaking all the medical terms and I hear uterine rupture hysterectomy I'm like oof I guess I guess I'm not doing too well <laughs> and so I was like I was like all right buddy keep calming down like I'm like really trying to get my body to be still and I lean over to the I like turn my head to the nurse I'm like I'm really sorry I'm trying to calm down you know because I'm like shaking how do you work when your body's shaking and so they I go general it was a six-hour surgery the guy said that my my uterus exploded like like uh spaghetti strands and he says he didn't know what to do but the, the, it was two doctors that were working on me because the one that was on duty and they called that guy you know <laughs> and and uh he thought who is this and he said the day before i had thought 
you know, Lord, I'm, th- he, I'm thinking about Delgado. He was a military doctor. He used to work on uh, war vets, you know, like amputees and bombs, explosions yeah. and stuff. And he said it was almost like a bomb went off in my uterus. And, um, and he, he thought about me the day before, and he's like, Lord, I know um, bad things happen to good, th- good people, but don't let anything happen to her. Just, you know, a highlight. And, uh, and he tells my husband, you should be checking two people in at the morgue right now. And, uh, and then he goes and draws a picture of everything that ended up happening. And, and just he said, I didn't know what to do. But it was like an unforeseen hand just started moving my hand. And, um, yeah, he said, stitch me up. He's like, your wife's probably in recovery. She'll probably be in recovery for, you know, a couple of days at the ICU. And when my husband comes into the room, I'm like, I bet you had a rough day. I didn't even know what happened. I, I'm just preaching to the nurses. I'm telling them how good the Lord is. I'm telling my doula how she needs to put her house in order. You know, like, take care of your husband. I didn't know what just happened. And everyone's just streaming because I didn't know what just happened. Amen. And um, I lost half my blood supply. And I would have never known. I recovered just like I had a regular C-section. Nothing was different. Nothing. Nothing. And, uh, and it was just the Lord was just so faithful. My daughter, they wanted to have my daughter stay in, in the, uh, the NICU for two weeks, but she only ended up staying six days. And they didn't do anything for her. They just monitored her. They, had, they did no assistance other than the natural things, you know, like yeah. feed, feed the baby and check vitals. But they had tubes and everything all over her just to make sure she could breathe, she can cool and heat herself, no seizures. You know, she was perfect. Like they didn't, they didn't do anything to help her live like jesus did it all yeah and if you knew this baby she's a, a fiery oh my gosh little my pistol. husband thinks she is the most adorable thing ever outside of brindley <laughs> i just you know the thing is is i tell logan this all the time people have they they love to tell the horror stories of childbirth yeah and the thing is is no one ever tells you that that they've stood in faith they, they made it to a certain place. It didn't go exactly as planned. In fact, it goes and it takes a rough turn to a certain extent. And then God sh- still shows up and shows yeah. off. And he shows who he really is through the whole entire process. See, everybody always focuses on the one bat. Like, oh, you should, my childbirth was so. But no. listen, there's a beautiful story. If you stand in faith, if you stay in mm-hmm. unity and you command and claim what the word of God says. See, the thing is, is what you guys did is you spoke the word. Yeah. You spoke things. And that's what we're to do. You didn't take it to Jesus. You spoke what was already planted in you for nine months yeah. prior to. That's how you get the results. Yeah. And, and sometimes stand people quote, quote the word in fear. You said I'm the head and not the tail. Why am I doing this? Da, da, da. And it was like, no, yeah. this is my promise. And that, again, even with my husband, when he saw when he saw Kelly, he's like, this is my promise. I know that you're not going to, you know, deliver me a dead baby with That's blonde right. hair, white skin, you know, just like I've asked for. And so that the Lord even knows how to. But it's up to us. Here's the situation. Now, what are you going to do? And it's up to us on if we're going to use our faith. You know, the Lord gives us an imagination. And part of that imagination is for us to utilize it for the creative miracle work that he's going to do. Exactly. Because it usually is held, and and me and, and Norma talk about this stuff all the time, but the imagination is warned against in the, in, in the scriptures, yeah. hands down. And every, there's one scripture that the imagination is talked about where it's not a warning, but it's not a, it's not a pro or a con. It's, it's indifferent. 
but we're warned against our imagination because it is we war against it. Yeah. And that's the key. You can also use it yeah. to imagine your healing, to imagine your business being successful. The things that you're believing for that God has birthed inside of yeah. you, you can use that same imagination to see things fulfilled. And that's hope. That's what's hope. Faith was the, uh, what is it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The mm-hmm. evidence of things not seen is the hope of what he has planted inside of you coming to pass. Absolutely. Yep. Or the promise that he has given you coming to pass. That's the un- not seen. Calling those things that be not as though they were. It's the same thing. Those scriptures are twofold. They Absolutely. go together. Absolutely. And, pa- and part of being a doer of the word is instead of just assuming the promises are yours, you're going to have to go after it. Yeah. Like part of the reason with my, f- my first daughter, everything was like, you know, hitting into a dead end is because I just like, yeah, I'm saved. I'm born again. The end. That's my promise of the Lord's supposed to deliver me rather than going after it. And then this time I went after it to the point that with the monitoring, I mean, I prayed from the top of her head to her lungs, to her eyes, to her. I didn't do any of that stuff, but because I'm going to get my miracle this time, I'm going to do it all. And because I did it, it all, they, they didn't have to do anything to help her. She was perfect. She's literally fearfully and wonderfully made. Yep. 100%. You know? And that, and that, that's part of going after your promise because mm-hmm. it's yours to go after. It's not, it's not yours. Like, like here's this cup, you know, there's, there's my, there's my drink, but it's not going to, I'm not going to drink it unless I go after it. You that's know? Right. I have to right. get my drink. Action has to take, be taken. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You have to take action. I love that story because what is, uh, what I do love about that story is faith through adversity. Yeah. Faith through adversity. And knowing that sometimes we believe for things and they they don't come out. And this is, it shouldn't always be like this. It shouldn't be. What should have happened is exactly what she was believing for. But when it didn't happen exactly like you had believed for, you still didn't falter and fail and go, yeah. oh, that's it. No, there, there was you no, moved and you kept the action going. There, you know was no, there was no disappointment. There was no, no. Like, oh, here I am, three, no. three C-sections in. What happened to my miracle, God? Why, why? There was, and that's why we needed, that's why I needed the peace. And I yes. had more peace because I was more in the spirit than in the flesh. You deal with disappointment and fear if you're in the flesh. But if you're in peace, you don't have to deal with, because you lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, why am I, why am I getting into the C-section? What happened? Why am I over here? Should don't I just do keep going? No, I'm following peace. Yeah, it was like a highway, and this was our this was our. Because when you start thinking like that, what happens is you start losing. Right. Victory is on the other side of that. But when you start going in that mindset, what happens is that's when you start to lose because yeah. you start questioning everything. When you should just say, you know what, that's not what I was believing for, but I'm not. The end result has not changed for me. Yeah, I will see the other side, and there will be victory on it. Right. That's where you get, you, you lose when you don't finish the race. Right. And plus, you know, like, yeah, it would have been great to have that, that natural delivery, but I needed more faith to raise a baby back to life, myself back to life. Yes. And how you responded through the whole entire process. There's a beautiful story behind it and it's not how people think it is. That's one of the reasons I love this story because it does not go the direction that people think it. They always think, oh, she's not going to have a C-section. She's actually going to give it naturally and everything's going to be happy. And and like there's it's like the a fairy tale story. Fairy tale stories are great, but how often do they actually go like that? It's when you face adversity, how do you get, get through it? That's real life. Yeah. That's like when you own a business, you are not going to have everybody come on board with you and do everything you say Correct. and be exactly the greatest employees 
you're going to face adversity. What do you do with that adversity? You fight through it. You get to the other side. There's victory on the other side. That's real life. It is. That's what the truth is. So I just think that, I, I just, I love that story. I mean, when I heard it the first time, I was like, that's real. That's what's real. And that's how you win. Yeah. That's how you win. Because both of you would not be alive today Mm-mm. if you did not do what you should have been doing nine months prior to that. And changed your heart, had a bet. And that's why I say to Logan, Logan, saved over a year, gone to this church for two, made decisions, has seen God come through. And, she, and, and that's what I love about the, uh, for her because just a year she can totally see but she's applied the word yeah and most people are not doing what logan's done and she's only been saved for about a year and a half right she's gone to church for two but she's not been saved for a year and a half you can't even get people to do what she's done in a year and a half yeah and that's why and she's they don't gonna, see the results that's she's why gotten. she's going to continue to accelerate because she doesn't yes. have any of that religion tainting exactly you know, and watering down her faith yeah you know, the righteous live by faith Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay, well, if I'm, I'm, I wasn't in faith and now I am. Okay, this is the way I live now. Exactly. It's like an equation. This 100%. This. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So the, what I do at the very end of every podcast, and I'll leave this up to you if you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, we, we actually do the sinner's prayer. Okay. So we invite anyone who's walked away from the Lord or anybody who wants to get their life right. We invite them. Listen, this story may not relate to you. You're a guy. We have plenty of guys who watch the podcast. This, but you may know it because of your wife or a family member or a friend or whatever. And this speaks to you. Um, if, but for women, this definitely speaks to us women to some degree and to some capacity. Whether you've had a child or you've just had to like not been such a nice person Always wanted it your way. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I, I grew up. I mean, not grew up. My personality was, it's my way. Yeah. And if it's not my way, there will be, there will be punishment for it. Like I didn't care if you were 20 years older than me. Yeah. You're going to be punished for not doing things my way, right? right? I was very critical, very angry. Yeah. So, this like your story, my story. Uh, maybe you were on the other side of me being the one that punished you or you being critical right. of them or whatever. And this speaks to you because you understand. What the heck? What you doing, girl? <laughs> um, uh, because you were on the other side of that. You said, I, I've talked to someone like you. It was rough, you know. Um, everybody walks in a different place. But to someone and to everyone, I think they can relate to you and to what you've walked through. And... Maybe you don't know the Lord, and you need to because there's freedom in it. Like, you're a whole different being. I'm a whole different being. The only one that can do that is God. Yeah. Outside of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit that walks and dwells in each and every single one of us that ask him to be Lord of our life, that is the only way you can radically be changed and literally be told you're acting in pride, and you sit there and go, you know what? You are right. I am acting in pride. And then you start weeding it out. You know, only God can change somebody. That's right. That's it. And each and every one of us need to be open to that. But if you're not saved and if you don't know him today, would you like to invite them? Like she's the master of soul winning. So speak to people. Okay. Um, yeah. If you've uh, never asked Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you might have been in my case serving in your church, but not hungry on fire for the Lord, 
you know, we'll, we can lead you through a prayer just yeah. to rededicate your heart and uh, and bring you back on fire because it's really about having a relationship with Jesus. Because if I was not where I was with my third delivery, I mean, we would definitely, I would probably go to heaven, but then see that there was nothing left of my life. Everything was wood, hay, and stubble. I didn't build anything on earth. And we as Christians are also here to build. We're here to build his kingdom. We're yeah. here to build people and make disciples. And if you're not doing any of those things because you're focused on your natural things or you're in the flesh and and more focused on on your everyday concerns then it's time to to get your heart right you know uh give it back to the lord trust and and start applying the word and become a doer again yes and just listen and obey because he will faithfully uh, deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll put you on, on a solid ground. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll bring you people in your life for you to be built up by, whether it's here locally with pastor Tom and pastor hope or wherever you're listening, you got to get plugged into a, a good church. So that way you can continue to hear faith the right way. And it's not just about a church routine. And so, um, so yeah, it, you know, we will, we can lead you into a prayer. Yeah, just okay. so I'll pray with, I mean, you pray and I'll pray with you. Okay. All right, Father, I just thank you so much for every listener here. I thank you, Father, for your fire to come upon uh, their ears right now as they hear. Let it come and penetrate their hearts. I pray, Father, that if anybody is not saved, if they've never asked Jesus as Lord and Savior, or they fall into the category of where they've they've fallen asleep in their spiritual walk, I pray, Father, a spiritual awakening to come upon them right now. And if they want to rededicate their life and, uh, and be full and afresh, or give their hearts for the first time, I pray that they'll say this prayer out loud with me. All right, say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. That set me free. Thank you, Jesus. You died for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for the things of God and a boldness to preach the gospel. I'm saved and born again because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. Great prayer, girl. Thank you so much for joining us. If you said that prayer, let us know. Email us somehow, even if it's in the comments, let us know so we can be praying and believing with you. And if you need a good church, we might be able to help you get um, get uh, connected with one. And be here on Friday, please, because we're back to the questions. And that is all. Have a great day. Bye. Real talk.